Thank you for listening to Elohim Christian Church's podcast. We're a place where imperfect people worship and meet a perfect God. If this is your first time listening, we're located in Richmond Hill in Queens, New York City, and are led by pastors Carlos and Rebecca Medina. If you're looking for a place to worship and to know Jesus, we would love to meet you and see you in person. Find us online at www.elohimchurch.org so we can connect. And now, here's this week's message. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God bless you, Elohim. Amen, hallelujah. This is my home church. I don't know um, if everybody in here knows that, but I am a product of this house. This church is a shepherd building machine. Amen. Uh, Many shepherds, pastors have come from this place amen i send you greetings all the way from south jersey in cherry hill high place church amen and uh i i can't go any further without presenting to you my wife my beautiful wife sharice if you could just stand up and say hi to everybody amen i could not do what i do without her amen Hallelujah, Jesus. I want to quickly honor every pastor that's in the house. Amen. Uh, It's a true statement, what I just said. You know, just look up here and you see all the pastors that are up there. God bless you. Thank you for saying yes to the answer of the call of God. It's not an easy job, but he equips us to do it. Amen. Hallelujah. So with that being said, and listen, particularly the angel of this house, Pastor Carlos and his lovely wife, Becky. And I want to I let you know from the beginning, every time I say Pastor or Pastor Carlos, I am talking about both of them. Amen. And the two are one. So if I say Pastor Carlos, know that I'm also talking about Pastor Becky as well. Amen. All right. Well, without further ado, let me get into my assignment on today. I, I don't feel like I'm necessarily coming here to preach today. I feel like I'm on assignment simply to give honor where honor is due. If God uh, allows us to preach a little bit, amen, hallelujah. But I have a specific, a specific assignment on today, and I want to make sure that I do what I was called to do today. Amen. Psalm 78 and verse 72. Psalm 78 and verse number 72. I want to let you know that I'm an interactive pastor. You talk back to me, I finish faster. <laughs> Amen. Just, you know, so you determine the length of the service on today. Glory to God. I'm just kidding. Amen. Psalm 78, verse 72. I'll read today in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. And the word of the Lord says this so. And David shepherded them, or David shepherded them, With integrity of heart and with skillful hands, he led them. I'm going to read it one more time. And David shepherded them or fed them with integrity of heart and skillful hands, he led them. And so with that being said, I want to talk to you for a little while under the subject, the heart and the hands of a good shepherd. The heart and the hands of a good shepherd. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, 
add blessing to your word now and minister to this your great congregation we thank you lord god in advance for everything that's going to be done in this place today receive all the honor all the glory and all the power for it now we rejoice for what you're about to do even now in jesus name have your way in this place we render the service unto you these are your people hallelujah and so father god again we just thank you hide me behind the cross now and make me the pen of a ready writer and write on the hearts of your people on this day and we thank you for all these things in jesus name and the church says amen and amen jesus once said that the greatest in the kingdom has to be the servant of all so a good pastor has to be a servant leader I want to submit to you because I know him personally that your pastor, the chief pastor of this house is a servant leader. Amen. I say that with confidence because I happen to know that he is loyal. He is dedicated. He is passionate. And above all these things, he is sincere. He, a matter of fact, he is very sincere. Amen. And so watch this. We're not just celebrating a day today because he's been pastoring for years. And watch this, even when we celebrate years, we're not just celebrating the passing of time, but what we're, we're really celebrating is endurance, come on somebody, consistency, resilience, not just the counting of years or the counting of time, amen? Scriptures like 1 Thessalonians 5 and verses 12 and 13 challenges us to be aware or mindful of those that labor among you and are over you and admonish you. And then it goes on to say, if they do this, esteem them highly. Did you hear what I just said? Esteem them highly, amen, and honor them. In other words, if you can be thoughtful, you can be thankful. I said, if you can be thoughtful, you can be thankful because gratitude and honor, watch this, come from the well of deep contemplation. It's where someone has to think and ask themselves, where was I before this man of God and this woman of God came into my life? And where am I now since they have been a part of my life? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Especially, listen, in a time where it has become fashionable to dishonor, to disrespect, even leadership, even men of God and women of God. I read an article recently where they said this. I thought it was interesting. Remove all the pastors in the world for just one year. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And you will see moral an increase of moral decadence Unlike anything you've seen before, there would be a dramatic increase of decadence or moral decadence in the world. Amen. What this lets me know is that you know the value of a thing by the consequence of his absence. And listen, that is unfortunate because why can't we recognize the value of a thing while it's present? Why does it take uh, that thing being removed for us to then recognize the value of it? And you might be asking yourself the question, why is it that that happens? Let me tell you why that happens. Because when something is constant, when something has been consistent, when you have been living with that thing, and that thing has been present, we tend to become familiar with that thing. And when we become familiar with it, or familiar with that person, we tend to start looking at that thing as common. 
and you cannot receive from that which you view as common. Mm. If the Lord permits me, I'll touch that a little more at the end. Hallelujah. But I wanted to say that it takes a certain level of commitment, connectivity, passion, zeal, and fire to be in and remain in ministry. I said it takes a little something. It takes a, a, a certain amount of stamina for you not just to be in ministry, but remain in ministry. Amen. When Jesus first called his 12 disciples, amen, they, 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 they followed him without question. They followed him with no doubt. They were following the miracle worker. They were following results. But after some time, many disciples became offended with his message to the point where Jesus had to look at his disciples on one occasion and say, will you leave me also? And many left who had or were struggling with internal conflicts based on the message that he was preaching at the time. But the 12 did not leave. But just because the 12 didn't leave doesn't mean they didn't get offended. As a matter of fact, I'll remind you of a place in the Bible, hallelujah, I believe it's in Mark chapter 10, where, watch this, Peter himself, because you know, he liked to make himself the representative of the group. And Peter came up to Jesus and said, let me remind you that we left everything for you. And Jesus turned around and told Peter, Verily, verily, I say unto you, there is nothing that you will leave for me. Uh, whether it's uh, family members, whether it's land, whether it's houses, that I will not repay you. Watch this now. 100 fold in this life with persecution and in the life to come, eternal life. Wow, how powerful is that? There's nothing you will leave for me that I will not repay you 100 fold in this life. Here's the part we don't like with persecution. He, he's letting his disciples, his future leaders know that you are going to go through some stuff. There are going to be some challenges that pastors will face. A pastor goes through more challenges than most people will ever know. Because a pastor is not contending simply with mere man or man's ideas or flesh and blood. He's contending with principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Amen. He is at the epicenter of every demonic attack because the Bible says if you smite the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. And so the enemy is, is cunning. He, why, why mess with everybody else altogether? If I just get the main person, it'll affect everybody else. Amen, somebody. And yet you find him praying for you. And yet you find him always smiling as he walks through this building. And you could easily assume that he's not going through anything, but you are completely mistaken I saw a photo I think it was on on the internet of a young boy who had an arrow in his back and was bent over are you hearing me and then at the same time they showed a picture right next to it of that young that young boy but now he's an older man and now he's standing up straight but now he doesn't have one arrow in his back he has eight arrows in his back and the moral of this picture is simply this that his growth didn't prevent the arrows but it gave him the capacity to endure them. 
And when one arrow bent him over as a child, hallelujah, as a man, he stands upright with eight arrows in his back, hallelujah. You might not see the arrows on the back, hallelujah, but let me submit to you that spiritually those arrows are there and yet he stands firm. Can somebody praise God for your pastor? Hallelujah. Paul put it like this on one occasion, from henceforth let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. So again, it takes tremendous stamina to be a pastor. You look at this pulpit up here and it looks very uh, level and it looks very flat. But I will submit to you that spiritually speaking, this pulpit is not level. This thing is a slippery slope and it takes an anointing. It takes gifting from God and it takes skill to be able to stand on this platform, hallelujah, and not fall. And so if you ever watch anybody take this microphone and hold it for long periods of time, you need to give them double honor, hallelujah, because it means that they have been able to dominate the ability to speak in season and out of season, in good times, in bad times, in times of joy and in times of immense pain, hallelujah, still get up here and preach what thus saith the Lord, hallelujah. Woo. Listen, he has wept at many funerals, conducted many funerals, conducted many weddings, times of grief, times of occasions, have stood up with families, perhaps late at night. Can I submit to you? I know this for a fact. He receives more text messages in one day than you receive in a week. And then he has to answer them by order of importance, and he might not get to all of them as fast as you would like him to. Amen, somebody. But we have to be careful. And I know this church knows this because this is a good church. Amen. But I just want to remind you, we have to be careful that we don't do what the people of old did in the Old Testament because they killed their own prophets. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so sometimes, hallelujah, he, listen, for his own health and for his own sanity, he has to be able to say, I can't do that. Or I can't be there. I can't go to that particular event because he's not omnipresent. Your pastor is usually the first to get all the bad news. And one of the last ones to get the good news. Did you not know, statistically speaking, that the average pastor resigns after five years? After five years. Did you not know that this year alone, 4,000 4, new churches will open? Amen. I ain't get no amens right there. I said 4,000 new churches will open. Maybe you know the rest of the statistic. That's why. But at the same time, in the same year, 7,000 will close. This is not an easy job. Amen. He has to divvy up his time and balance it between ministry, being a husband, family. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And then find somewhere in there a little bit of time for himself. It takes stamina to be in and remain in ministry. You know, I was reminded of when John the Baptist was beheaded. Uh, when John the Baptist was killed, understand that that is Jesus' cousin. 
The Bible says that when the disciples told Jesus what happened, Jesus climbed up a mountain to find some solace, to be alone. I don't know what he was going to do. I don't know if he was going to talk to God about it, the Father about it. I don't know if he was going to go cry. I don't know exactly what he was going to do. But I do know that the people saw him going up that mountain. And you know what they did? They followed him right up that mountain. They came with their cares. They came with their diseases. They came with their problems. Nobody asked Jesus if he needed a moment. Nobody asked Jesus whether he was going through something. Nobody asked Jesus whether he lost somebody that he loved. They just kept coming and they kept coming. And you know what he kept doing? He kept serving and he kept serving and he kept serving because that's what pastors do. But I want to remind you that the pastor is not human. And whether you didn't know it or not, I mean, he is human. I mean, actually, he's superhuman because he has the Holy Ghost. Amen. But I want to remind everybody that every man of God is a man. He is a man of God. Amen, somebody. I know you think he's anointed 24 hours a day. But there is a time where he gets to take off the pastor's cap. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What I'm saying? Hallelujah. But sometimes, though we try to understand this, we forget it very quickly. I said we forget it very quickly. So we'll go into the kitchen area and we'll see the pastor eating. And we'll say, oh, pastor, you eating? <laughs> Just ask you a quick question. And there goes lunch. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, we'll call him late at night at two in the morning. And he picks up the phone and you're like, oh, pastor, you sleeping? I'm surprised. I thought you were praying. Jesus doesn't sleep, but your pastor, he sleeps. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He prays too. Amen. Maybe not always at three o'clock in the morning, but when the Holy Spirit nudges him to get up, I'm sure that he does. He's human. He gets frustrated. May even get angry. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hallelujah. He's sitting there right now, trying really hard to enjoy his day. But at the same time, he's thinking about the next meeting, the next sermon topic, perhaps some person or some event. Amen. Being a pastor is a sacrifice. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And he is worthy of honor. And can I just throw in there that honoring your pastor is not human worship. It is biblical are you hearing what I'm saying? Can we take about 60 seconds and give God some praise for our chief pastor and the first lady? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Listen. Luke chapter 2 and verse 8 says this. And there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Notice what I just said. Keeping watch over their flock at night. Why are you sharing this scripture, Pastor? I'll tell you why. Because the pastor's job is not nine to five. He keeps watch over the flock even at night. He might have office hours, hallelujah. But understand that the pastor doesn't have a job. He has a call. And because he has a call, he's always on call. Oh, man, are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? Hallelujah. He's on call 
Let me give you another scripture very quickly. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 23 and 4 says this. And I will set up shepherds over them who will feed them. And they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, nor shall thou be lacking, says the Lord. Look at the blessing. I want you to see the Jeremiah is letting us know that there is a blessing uh, on being under spiritual authority. Listen to what he says here. Hallelujah. And I will give them pastors who will feed them. Amen. God sets up pastors to oversee your spiritual life. And there is a blessing of being covered by spiritual authority. When sheep stray from the flock, they become prey for the enemy. And oftentimes are overwhelmed and overpowered by the enemy. But for those sheep who remain, they stay strong because they have a pastor. They have a pastor who watches over them, watches over their soul protects them and guides them amen and somebody perhaps is in here and is thinking yeah i know i know but he's a man he's just a man and i know what he knows that's all right you could know what he knows but he is a man who has been placed by god notice the text it is god who sets pastors amen and last time i checked the anointing doesn't flow horizontally i said the anointing does not flow horizontally it flows from the top down it flows from aaron's beard which represents leadership and then down to the skirts the minute you equalize yourself with your pastor is the day you stop receiving from him are you hearing what i'm saying in this place hallelujah notice what the text says he will feed them and as a result of you being fed by your pastor, you will fear no more. Oh, that's powerful. Hallelujah. Nor will you be dismayed. Why? Because you have a pastor that will encourage you. And then if that's not enough, then it says you will not lack anything. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a blessing. No fear. Encouraged and blessed. Just for being under spiritual authority. He is not a mere employee of the church. He is a gift given by God to the church according to Ephesians 4.11. And he gave some pastors. Who gave? God gave. Jesus gave your pastor to you. Which means that he is a gift from God. Not just a mere employee of the church. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Jeremiah 3.15 And I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Ooh, who will feed you. Your pastor is a chef. <laughs> who's always, watch this, in that sermon kitchen preparing a meal for Sunday morning so that you can be fed. Amen? You want to know how important a pastor is to God? Notice what Jeremiah said. Watch this. I will give you pastors after my own heart. What is Jeremiah saying? God did not just handpick him. He heartpicked him. Hear what I'm saying here. He didn't just handpick him. He heartpicked him. In other words, the requirements had everything to do with the heart of God. If he's not a man after God's own heart, he is not qualified to pastor. David was called to pastor because he was a man after God's own heart. Amen. And the Bible says, and our text today said that David led them from the integrity of his heart. Before Jesus permanently establishes Peter. Amen. Because you know Peter. 
He meets him on the shore and he has to ask him three times the same question. Peter, do you love me? Peter said, yeah, I love you. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. Then feed my sheep and feed my lambs. Because you have to have a right heart if you're going to feed sheep. Guide sheep. Lead sheep. Amen? Hallelujah. And let me throw this in there. A pastor who never sat up under another pastor will never pastor long. You have to be an intern before it's ever your turn. I said you have to be an intern before it's ever your turn. Hallelujah. But if you ever learn how to be an intern, when it's your turn, God will bless you and multiply your fruitfulness and do in a small season what it normally would take years to do because you have been faithful amen somebody this positions ones this positions one to operate with a double portion and advance the church to another level and i believe that your pastor has done that amen he doesn't have to be perfect but he is perfect for you can somebody shout amen? amen hallelujah listen for the sake of time, let me just quote these scriptures to you real quick, hallelujah, that speak to why it's okay to honor the man of God. Watch this, in 1 Corinthians 9 and 11, the Bible says, and this is Paul speaking, if I sold spiritual things into you, then it should be okay for me to reap material things from you. Have you ever read that verse before? Amen, hallelujah. It is okay to bless the man of God is basically what I'm saying. Galatians 6, 6, let he who is taught in the word communicate back to the one that teacheth in all good things. In other words, it's okay to bless the man of God. It's okay to honor the man of God. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, if he labors over you and teaches, he is worthy of double honor. And I'm coming to a close, hallelujah. Watch this. A psalm that everybody in here should be able to quote and is familiar with, hallelujah, but I only want to touch one verse, amen? Because I've been talking to you a little bit about how he's supposed to lead with the integrity of his heart, right? But I didn't say anything about those hands, so I got to say something about those hands very quickly. Watch this. Even though I walk, Psalm 23 and verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Why? Because thou, you know this church, because thou art with me, but that's not where I want to hang my nail. I want to hang my nail at the end of it. Thy rod and thy staff that stuff in your hands <laughs> hallelujah they bring me comfort they comfort me Ooh. though I walk through the darkest valley I will fear no evil for thou art with me watch this your setting is not as important as the one who is with you whatever condition situation you find yourself in is never as important as the one that is with you the psalmist is letting us know that the answer to the darkest valley is God's presence. I said the answer to the darkest valley is God's presence. Hallelujah. He is Jehovah Shammah. He is the Lord that is there. A very present help in the time of trouble. He's not coming. He's there. Mm. Amen. Calm down, Pastor. Just do what you're supposed to do today. Listen. Glory to God. Jesus has compassion on his people when he looks at them on one occasion and he says these words they are as sheep without a shepherd amen somebody so watch this God compares us to sheep 
Now, I don't know about you, as, as a male, as a man, I'm going to be honest on the pulpit. I can't lie up here. I have a little problem with that. Like, I, I often ask God, why sheep? Like, why not like a lion? Why not compare me to like a bear, you know? <laughs> why, why sheep? Sheep are defenseless. Did you know that? They are defenseless. Listen, you have animals that know how to fight. You know, you have animals that know how to defend themselves. You, you have animals that have amazing abilities. If they can't fight, they can run. And they're hard to catch. And then you have animals that perhaps can't run and can't fight, but they can hide real good. And they'll camouflage themselves and blend with the atmosphere. But sheep have no special ability. <laughs> they're defenseless. They can't run fast. They can't fight. <laughs> And they can't hide. They stand out like sore thumbs. And then God compares us to sheep. If they bite, they can't bite hard because they don't have sharp teeth. Not only are they defenseless, they are dependent. They depend on their shepherd for their water. They depend on their shepherd for their food and their nourishment. And that shepherd, watch this, is such a blessing to them. Because he's not just there, he has tools. He's not just there, he has tools. He has tools in his hands that he uses to protect and direct the sheep. Watch this. He has a rod and he has a staff. Thy rod and thy staff. And can I just submit to you, they're not one and the same. Oftentimes in scripture you will read and the Bible will use them interchangeably. And they will mean the same thing. But in this text, it is clear. Two things. A rod and a staff. They comfort me. Let me, let me quickly uh, explain these to you. A rod is about two and a half feet long. Very thick. It is hewed. It is said from one of the strongest trees. From the trunk of the tree. The densest part of the tree making it very durable and very hard. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God uses this rod or the shepherd uses the rod to protect. He uses the staff to direct. Uh, the, the, the rod, watch this, represents his authority. The staff represents his leadership. With the rod, he guards you. With the staff, he guides you. Thy rod and thy staff. They comfort me. I just said that this thing was hewed from the most dense part of the center of what they call the apple tree. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Making it a weapon that he normally would hold, according to my own research, in his strong arm. He would use it to fight enemies. Watch this now. You, th you think you got some enemies? Watch this. Wolves, bears, and lions. Wolves, bears, and lions. Now, I need you to think about that because if you remember with me, uh, 1 Samuel ch chapter 17, famous story of when David finds Goliath. When he's talking to King Saul and letting him know that he's qualified to fight Goliath, he tells King Saul or reminds King Saul of a particular story where he says, whenever, uh, a whenever a lion or a bear will snatch one of my sheep from my father's flock, I will go after it. 
Now you got to read this for yourself when you have time. Hallelujah. And then he says in the King James that I will smote him and knock the sheep out of his mouth and knock the lion down at the same time. And then when the lion rose up to come against me, I grabbed him by the beard and I smote him again and I killed him. Now, I used to think that he did that with his fist because all it said was that he hit him. And let me tell you, for you to knock out a lion with your hand, the spirit of the Lord will have to be on you. I mean, it will have to come on you at that moment. Are you hearing? But the Bible doesn't say like oftentimes when it came to Samson and others and the spirit of the Lord came upon Samson. It doesn't say that. Most scholars believe, hear me now, that David, listen, a, a tool that, that, that Psalm 23 doesn't name is the sling. Watch this. Notice that the text says it's, it's after he takes the flock out of the fold that David sees him. Now, he, ran, he runs after him, but no man's going to catch a lion. You have, the Spirit of the Lord will have to come upon you. Again, like Elisha. And you would have to outrun a chariot and catch up to a lion. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Most scholars believe that he used his sling with the first shot. Hit the lion. Knocked the sheep out of his mouth and knocked the lion out. Then ran to the, sh the sheep's aid. This is speculation. This is, the Bible doesn't say this, but this is what scholars are saying. Watch this. And it makes some sense. When he runs up to the sheep, the lion comes out of it and goes to attack him. And he grabbed them by the beard and used his rod. Oh, you better hear me in here. That, 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 that billy club, that two and a half foot hard, dense club. It is said through research that some shepherds put iron pointy rods at the end of that billy club. So that really makes sense because if he hit the lion with that, I could see how the lion died after one shot. But the shepherd was a bad boy. You couldn't play. You can't mess with my sheep. And that's the heart of a good pastor. Don't mess with my sheep. Amen, somebody. Are you blessed in here? Listen, not only, not only, hallelujah, did he use it to fight enemies, he used it to correct the sheep. Uh-oh. And I'm looking at the clock and I'm running out of time really fast. He, he used it to correct the sheep. Amen. And he didn't necessarily go around hitting the sheep with that, with that nasty rod. Amen. But I learned that he used to learn how to throw it just like the sling. And watch this. He was so good at it. When a sheep got out of line and was straying away, he would throw it and make it hit something near the sheep. In order that when the sheep would hear it and see it, he would just get back in line. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If that's not enough, whenever they came back to the sheepfold, the sheepfold only has one gate. And the shepherd would stand on that gate. And he would hold, hear me now, the rod over it and count the sheep as they came in to make sure none of them was missing. And that's what a good shepherd does. And not only did he count them, he checked the condition of everyone. He used those iron rods to pierce through the wool so they didn't just look like they were okay. He wanted to make sure that they were okay. And then he had that staff. And let me try to land the plane right here. And then he had that staff. And listen, that staff was anywhere between six and eight feet long. And whenever the sheep, he, he's so caring that, watch this, if, if whenever the sheep just started getting out of, out of the way, and he wasn't even, you know, 
at a distance where I had to throw that club or that rod, he would take that long staff and use the hook of it. They call it the crook and just bring the sheep back in. And the sheep will start going out of, out of line a little bit. Hey, 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 what are you doing? What are you doing? Come back here. No, no, no. You're not supposed to be doing that. Don't do that. Don't go there. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And let me just say this too. You know, he used the rod against the big animals, but then you have snakes. And with the snakes, he would use that staff. Amen. And it is said that he would, when a snake got close, he would hook the snake and then he flung it out of the way. You got to be good. Amen. I know some of you think that you're really good and that you're progressing because you're so anointed and you're so smart and you're so good, but you don't know the countless time the enemy was coming for you. And you didn't even see him coming, but you're, oh God, help me in here. You're a good shepherd. Hallelujah. Took his staff and hooked the snake and flung him out of your way so that you could keep progressing. You don't keep progressing because you're so good. You keep progressing because he's so good. I'm talking about Jesus there. If you're in this place, shout glory. Amen. You can play something soft for me. Hallelujah. I'm just about that. I want to say one more thing. I want to say one more thing before I close on today. Amen. I said toward the beginning that it's a shame that something has to be removed before we can understand or really see the value of it. Amen. Because when it's with us consistently, we tend to begin to view it as common because we familiarize ourselves with it. And at that point, we have a hard time receiving from it and so I want to submit to you that your faith requires that you value the vessel I wish I had time but if the widow woman who had the pot of oil was here she had everything she needed in her house but she didn't see it because she viewed that pot as common she viewed what she had with her all the time. She got so familiar with it she thought it was nothing she thought it had little value. The prophet said everything you need it's already in your house. God, help me in here. Hallelujah. So watch this. In order for the oil to flow, one must respect the pot that it comes from. I said in order for the oil to flow, one has to respect the pot that it comes from. When you focus on the frailty of the container, you cheapen the value of the content. He's human. If all you do is focus on the frailty of the container, you will cheapen the value of the content. And if you become too familiar with the gift of God, he'll be there and you won't be able to get what you need from him because you don't perceive him correctly. Ooh. Uzzah, you familiar with that Old Testament character? Uzzah spent a lot of time where the Ark of the Covenant was when it was in Abinadad's house. Uzzah was the son of Abinadad. He got so familiar with the Ark of the Covenant that one day they put it on a cart and they started traveling, amen. The cart hit a bump and Uzzah lost sight of the power of the content because he was focused on the container and he touched it and what was supposed to be a blessing actually became a curse because he did not perceive it correctly he who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet 
receives the prophet's reward but if you don't view him correctly you cannot draw from what he's carrying and he could have what you need but if you don't view him correctly Jesus goes to Nazareth the all-powerful one the anointed one and the Bible says he could do only but one or two miracles he couldn't the Bible says do but one or two miracles why because of the way they perceived him and this is why he said a prophet is without honor in his own house because you have become too familiar with him he is the most anointed and you can't extract from him because to you he's just a carpenter's son rather than the Messiah and so never hear me in here never become so familiar with the gift that God gives even in a man of God and a woman of God like Pastor Carlos and Pastor Becky that you focus on the frailty of the container because they're always here and if you're ever if you ever spend enough time around anybody you're gonna find something to talk about but if you make the mistake to focus on the container you cheapen the value of the content and you can't draw or receive what you need though they have it and they're carrying it if you've been blessed by the word of God come on time let's just stand to your feet for a moment can you just stand to your feet for a moment and help me rightfully honor Pastor Carlos and Pastor Becky in this place today can we just praise God can we open up our God our mouth and give God a praise hallelujah for the angel of this house for their ministry for their consistency hallelujah thank you Jesus hallelujah I want to say to everybody in here it's been my honor it's been my pleasure to stand here I don't leave the pulpit on Sunday for nobody but Elohim Christian Church because this is my home away from home hallelujah and this is where it all began for me and I came to give honor to this man of God hallelujah he is the real deal I said he is the real deal he is the real deal God bless you and God keep you hallelujah cause his face to shine upon you grant you peace both now and forevermore in Jesus name amen and amen thank you for taking the time to listen to this message we pray that it blesses and encourages your life